Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Fix Your Franchise. Fix it! Fix it! Just three average guys being way above average GMs. The kind of GMs that you, if you were having a fantasy draft and you were drafting GMs, you we would be your top three GMs that would be in that fantasy draft. Landslide. Believe that. So, that being said, I'm your boy, Adam Dirty. To my right, as always, is Big Tug and the Albert Einstein of this whole thing, the genius, the mastermind, the guy everyone knows as Coach Red is in the building. Believe that. Today, we will be covering the Ravens. We're sticking in the same division. We just finished up with the Browns. Now we're doing the Ravens um baltimore bring it on um they also were a playoff team last year so uh like we've done with all these playoff teams there's uh they've obviously fixed their franchise enough to make it to the playoffs but now they got to make it to that next level because now you want to you want to search for a super bowl you're not trying to just make the playoffs every year you're trying to get a super bowl win um as always i'm going to go ahead and start things off by sending it over to coach red and Give it to him to let you guys know what he thinks that the Ravens need to do to make it to that next level. Coach Red, The Ravens, for me, are one of the weirder playoff teams to judge. They won a game in the playoffs last year, played the Bills, got bounced by them in the second round of the playoffs. The one thing for me is Lamar Jackson, two years ago, MVP of the league. 3,100 yards passing, 1,200 yards rushing, 36 touchdown passes. I think he had 12 scores on the uh, run and did in as well. Last year regressed a little bit back to the norm. Uh, 2,700 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing, 26 TDs to nine picks, seven rushing TDs. And with how this team – I think said regressed, though, because that's still studly. A lot of numbers off the top of your head. Yeah, I've got it written down right here. <laughs> right next to me uh 64% completion percentage it just seemed at times that when opposing teams tried to take away his best asset which is improvising running the football when they could control that a little bit more the offense seemed to struggle their defense didn't get any better this this past off season at least by leaps and bounds they did lose Two of their better pass rushers and Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe also lost their starting center. And their defense as a whole is a little bit older. One one area where they really hit last year was drafting Patrick Queen out of LSU to come in and solidify that second level of defense. Their cornerbacks are solid. Safety, I could see a little bit of help. But where do you see this team rolling from here, Big Tug? I think it all depends what's happening with Orlando Brown. That's one key spot I want to talk about in this episode. If they are able to trade him, which it looks like he's basically demanding, they're going to have to go tackle. And there's, they're in luck. It's a tackle-heavy draft class. 
but they're not in luck because who's going to trade for last year of Orlando Brown when you could draft a guy and have him for five years? I don't know, dude. He's a Pro Bowl tackle. I mean, I'd trade for him. Trade and pay, baby. Trade and pay, man. I mean, it's better than just waiting a year and paying. And he's got what? He's got two years left on his rookie deal, doesn't he? Nope. One year and then the fifth year option. No fifth year option. He uh, slid down the draft boards because he had one of the worst workouts. And he is the third rounder. But yeah, he's he's killing it. He wants to play left tackle. That's that's the whole big thing. And they're not going to put him in for Ronnie Stanley. Yep. So there are lots of teams that need a left tackle. So I mean, if they are able to trade him, let's be real. They're going to get a decent pick for him if they can get rid of him. Mm-hmm. If I not, think, he's going to sit there and just hold out and be a free, free agent next year. I mean, I could see, I could see one of those teams like Indianapolis if the yep. offensive tackle run happens and they don't feel as confident. One of those guys as they do in Orlando Brown being able to trade their first round pick on draft day, and then that puts the Ravens in a pretty darn good spot to pick their pick of the litter or if they've got a guy that they like in the second round potentially be able to target him there and i think that's where they're going to end up anyway i don't see them i mean much like the browns they are their candidates it would make like from our point of view it would make sense to trade up and get one of those guys they want but you know history doesn't lie when the Ravens have traded back in what, like six of the last eight drafts? They only traded back up into the first round to take Lamar Jackson. Once. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But other than that, six out of the last eight or ten years, they've traded back multiple times. Yep. Except 2011 when they forgot to make their pick and got leapfrogged. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, that's where I see. I see him targeting a tackle first round. 26 they're gonna have to i mean he's even if you know orlando brown is on the team next year he's not gonna play there's plenty of tackles in that late first round you know they might have to make a reach a little higher than they were expecting but to replace a guy like brown they're gonna have to i i go a little bit different from you Based off two guys they lost in Jacquay and Judon, it's Edge all day for me. I think that I think that they're a team. You know, they took a flyer on Orlando Brown from that slide, but they're a team that typically drafts off measurables. So I feel like this is a really, really good spot for like a Jason Owe out of Penn State. I know that I've ragged on him for no. Say you ragged on him at the twenty-sixth pick, but you wanted to go twenty-seventh. That's because, I mean, that's one thing that the Ravens do is they look – they're so heavy in the measurables and the metrics based off of physical profiles. And that's fine. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to draft a Jason Owe, put him on the Browns where he's opposite Miles Garrett. Here, he'd be coming in being the number one guy. And to your point, he had zero sacks last year. Yeah. So you want your edge this- rusher that you're drafting in the first round coming off of a zero sack season to be your number one rotational edge defender. Tug, 
don't be bringing up what I said in past episodes. This is a brand new start. It's like a new page. <laughs> Come on. Brand new starts. But All right. the other area I, I have them targeting is big body wide receiver. Hollywood Brown was their top pass catcher last year with 769 yards. Here's the stat that kind of threw me off. He was targeted 100 times. He had 58 receptions. So 58% completion percentage when targeting Hollywood Brown. I want to get a guy. I know they brought in a Sammy Watkins who has Ooh. injury history. And that's worthless. He's he's good to pop off for about two or three games a year at, at best. That's what he did with the Chiefs. So I want I want a big body guy. I want I want a Terrence, Terrence Marshall, Marshall or Rashad Bateman. I want either one of those guys coming. I mean, we've said in the past, it's already a purple team. Let's just have Terrence Marshall go from one shade of purple to another shade. Yeah. Or go back where you were sitting a second ago and target a different defensive end that is a little more polished than Jason Alway and go Carlos Carlos Basham. Yeah. I've seen him numbers. Slowly he's creeping. going, he's, he's creeping. I mean, if you're looking for somebody that's productive, Wake Forest, 11 sacks last year. I mean, he's, he's got a good inside swim. He's, he's a solid, you know, ACC guy, all ACC honors. Can't really go wrong with a player like that. I mean, you could reach on him a little bit, but knowing the Ravens, they like to trade back and somebody's going to want to trade up. So, you know, you might as well get that upper upper second round pick and take him in. Yeah, I could see that. They're not going to get Bateman. I mean. No, I mean, we've talked about him enough. There's, there's a lot of possibilities for him in the 10 picks before this to go off the board for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there ain't no way that Bateman's going to be around. Yeah. Marshall would be, would be the guy for me, for them. Absolutely. Big speed can go over the top, big body, good at contested catches. I mean, could fit into this offense extremely well. Oh, yeah. Good. My second round, I, that's where I kind of had them targeting tackle. And guy that I kind of highlighted for them, Dylan Radunes out of North Coast State, protecting Trey Lance for a couple years out there. Good measurables smaller school if you still have orlando brown on the squad good year of polishing for him to get him up to speed with the nfl game or if orlando brown's gone i think there's enough talent there that he can step in and start on the right side how do you feel about a guy that used to be fringe talked about late first early second back on the wide receiver train Sage Sarah. See, I think they can get him in the third or the fourth. Really? Yeah. He's been with him he's sitting been out dropping, but I like he's him a as well. Physical presence. He's he's that 6'2, 220 guy that they that they need. I mean, because Sammy Watkins is so injury prone, he's probably only gonna play five or six games this year. Here's Here's, a, here's one that we've never talked about, uh, doing some research on some guys, looking for that big, tall body guy. 
six foot four, 210 pounds, four, four forty, coming out of Florida state to Marion Terry. Watch some, watch some tape on him. Um, you could get him in the third, possibly even the fourth round. He caught pass along the sideline. Safety has got the angle on him. Looks like he's going to be taken down any second. And he just flat out runs him. Saw a couple of screen passes. He's got that he just takes to the house, make one or two guys miss. He's got, I think he plays faster than that 4-4 speed that, that he shows. But he is a big, tall guy, soft hands, feels good about coming over the middle. I think this could be a sneaky good mid-round pick for the Ravens. See, and I know we talked about it off off the mic not too long ago. Um, and I told you I love Jacob Harris. <laughs> I think love is an understatement when you were referring Jacob to Harris, Harris. Man, hold on. Let me pull up his pro day. Pro day. Jacob Harris. Jacob Harris at a UCF or USF? UCF. Let me take a look here. I'm trying to find my Twitter while we're talking about it. Follow us on Twitter. We do an <laughs> outstanding job of getting those important stories out there to you. At the real Coach Red. At the real Coach Red or at my twitter handle there jeez the real big tug and at adam dirty as well uh while you're looking that up i want to do a little adam dirty kicker corner yeah i knew we haven't had kicker corner in a while so so one of the baddest kickers around justin tucker i don't know you guys probably remember probably one of the funnest games to watch last year was that Monday night football game between the Browns and the Ravens. The Ravens came out on top because Lamar Jackson got hurt, came back out, figured it out. Their backup quarterback got hurt. Did he get hurt? Did he? I don't know. Some people said that he had had an appointment with the toilet. Well, I mean... That could be true as well, and that's fine, but he made it back in time to do something about it. So here's a here's a little story that I heard about that game. So before before Jackson came back and threw that touchdown to tie it up, like right around the two-minute mark, right after uh, their backup quarterback got hurt. So they were – it was going to be a 60-plus yard field goal, and it was fourth down. Justin Tucker runs by Harbaugh and he's like, am I kicking a field goal? And it was actually, it would only have been like a 62 yarder, but Harbaugh thought it was like 68 or something like that. And he tells Tucker, he's like, it's like a 68 yard field goal. He's like, yeah, I got it coach. And he goes, really? Are you sure? And he goes, well, I think I got a better chance than, uh, who they were going to, they're going to put in, um, Sneed as a quarterback, I think. Like they were gonna throw in a wide receiver at quarterback on fourth down. And so Tucker's like, I think I have a better chance of kicking a 68 yarder, even though it was a 62 yarder technically. But the fact that Harbaugh was 
going to send him in to give him a chance to kick that field goal at that thing, like gives Tucker just so many like pats on the back. Like this boy has got it. And he ended up kicking a 55 yarder to win it with like a minute left. Um, but yeah, this, this boy's got a leg on him and he is the man as far as I'm concerned. He's having been the, the best confidence. in the league for years. Oh, yeah. And I mean, having the confidence to go up there and tell Harbaugh, like, hey, it's a 68 yarder. I, I think I can hit it. Like, I think I can get this. Like, that boy is a savage. So shout out to Tucker even having the nuts to go up and be like, hey, coach, 68 yards. Yeah, I'll bang it in. Like, it's more likely that I'm going to get that then uh who oh willie sneed that's who they were going to put in his quarterback so yeah having to put sneed in there and then luckily yeah jackson came back and he ended up throwing that touchdown to tie it up and then they got the ball back with a minute left and kicked a field goal and then for all you gamblers out there after a bunch of uh throwing the ball around for the browns they ended up getting that safety and so if you had that uh that three point line gambling right there. And they ended up losing by five. You were probably pretty pissed about that, throwing the ball around trying to win. But I mean, that's, that's what happens sometimes. That's, that was probably one of the bad beats of the season as far as gambling goes, but I just like the confidence of Tucker in my, in my kicker's corner, shout out to Tucker having the confidence to tell his coach like, yeah, 68 yarder. Yeah, I got this. I, I got this coach. Thanks for the trip to Dirty's Kicking Corner. Always enjoy it and always enjoy always the visit. Always enjoy it. Little kicker's quarter. Jacob Harris. <laughs> Back to Jacob. Back to Jacob Harris. UCF. Big-bodied receiver. He's 6'5", 220. He ran the 40 in 4.39. He had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, 11-foot-one-inch broad jump and threw up 15 reps when you're oh and he had the best wide receiver three cone in the last five years out of any wide receiver dude's an athletic freak when you look at his numbers i was talking to you about it yesterday on the uh relative athletic score the ras out of the nfl the last 34 years he ranked 30th out of 2,500 wide receivers. That's pretty Dude high. is an athletic freak. And for some reason, nobody is talking about him at all. Except you, Big Tug. Except Friends me, better. Jacob Harris. We'd love to have you on the show, buddy. <sighs> we want to have you on, talk, talk you into taking a trip up to Cincinnati, <laughs> joining, joining up with Joe Burrow. We'll put you and Jordan Brevin out there. We'll just stack up all of our loves on Cincinnati's team this year. Jalen Twyman, we're going to get you out there too. Um, anyways, we're back on. Back to Ravens. improving the Ravens. Back to improving the Ravens, not the Bengals. Go Bengals. Um, where were we? What do you think about Justin Houston? I, he's washed up and old. He's 32. Yeah, what did I say? Coach, how do you feel about Justin Houston? Because obviously Big Tug is not about it. But they've been they've been looking into signing him. Good depth piece. 
you've got Tyus Bowser, who they want to fill that Matthew Judon role. Doesn't has, has been a starter for them, got a pretty modest deal, which is something I like now that he's got a little bit more opportunity, can have that chance to get those increased number of stats. But I do like veterans on the team because that's one thing that the Ravens have been doing it more so in the recent years is they've been trying to load this team with veteran presence and still have some good football left in. Calais Campbell, Gany Kangakwe, they brought Earl Thomas in before he had his meltdown. So, I mean, they're, they're not adverse to going and getting those older guys. God, in the safety, formerly of the Chargers, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he went there as well. Is there? No, it was like two years ago. God. Well, I'll look that up, but I'm okay with them going with an older guy in that defense just to help. Well, I mean, he's 32, so I feel like he's still got a couple solid years left, at least at that position. He he got eight linebackers. He got eight sacks. He got eight sacks last year. I mean, that's solid for a, for, I mean, a guy his age, he's, he's not, he's not going to be that. Like you said, it's a, it's a guy who has been in the game and he can like help some of these younger players out and he's solid. Like, I mean, look at, look at what the Ravens have done with older players for a long time. I mean, they're, they're good at maintaining guys careers who, a lot of people say, oh, this guy's too old. And then he has a Pro Bowl year. So, yeah. I mean, they are real good at doing that. Like like free safety, Eric Weddle, that went from the Chargers. Eric Weddle. Yep. Knew I'd find it. Yeah, way to go, buddy. Um, They have Jalen Ferguson on the team. Yep, they do. He's kind of been a bummer since he got drafted liked him a lot Uh, coming out of college yeah louisiana tech he had some some big years down there but he just hasn't blossomed into what they thought he was gonna be i don't know they've got pernell mcphee still too i mean that's why i'm not encouraging the justin houston signing they've already got a 32 year old defensive end they don't need a second one. <laughs> Put those grandpa bookends up out there. Um, again, a lot like the teams that we're getting into. They don't have a ton of glaring needs. Center. Center is big. Max I mean, no longer there. Went down to the Dolphins. Yeah. And who else retired this year? might have been last year marshall yonda yonda yeah yonda's gone but picked up kevin zeitler that's their big win of free agency right now kevin zeitler big mauler right guard in the middle good player all around he just they still need to shore up the rest of it or else you know lamar jackson's gonna be running for his life I have highlighted for them more of like a day three pick at the center position 
unless they want to bite the bullet and go earlier, which I don't think that they will. Uh, Trey Hill, center out of Georgia, a uh, couple years starter there. He's got good size. He is not the most consistent, but I think pairing him right next to Kevin Zeitler would be a big help to the progression in that kid's career because Kevin Zeitler is one of the premier guards in my mind in the NFL. Yeah. He is. He definitely is. All right, where do we want to go? What other picks do they have? They got a lot on me. I was just thinking about the amount of money they're paying Jackson now. Because didn't he just re-sign a contract, like a huge contract? Not yet? Okay. There, there's and, rumors out there that it's going to be in the Patrick Mahomes area, which is so tough for me because so much of his game is predicated on his legs and his rushing ability. And it, all it takes is one big hit to derail what he does best offensively. Yeah, so I think he he's probably seeing those numbers. He's seeing that he's saying seeing that Dak Prescott deal. He's you know he's seeing those numbers. He's like, oh, I I should be getting that kind of thing. And here's the thing, and I mean I know that Dak got that money, which is just blows me blows me away. The fact that he hasn't really done enough, I feel like, to get that kind of money. And Jackson has at least you know brought them to the Super Bowl, you know, or no no not the Super Bowl, but Playoff wins. He's got him playoff wins. One. Take that back. Sorry. He has got as many as Dak. He has one. Got it. Okay. So they got as many as Dak. Um, if you're paying that kind of money, you got to at least be getting to the Super Bowl, winning one even. Like that's why Patrick Mahomes got that kind of money. He won him a Super Bowl. Like you, you gotta, you gotta. You got to prove your worth. I mean, just because you have a good season doesn't mean anything. You got to be able to do something in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Cam Newton has been doing that for his entire career. He's gotten MVP of the league, you know, and done nothing. Jackson, MVP of the league, but can't get to that next level. And he, but he wants that next level pay. Well, how about you show us that you deserve that next level pay? You know, they're going to throw a bunch of money at him. They think that he's the savior of that team. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him to start throwing 40, 42 million a year at him. Watch. They'll give, they'll give him a five year, $200 million deal. Just wait for it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I'm just saying they will. Oh, I agree. Wasted money. Waste of money when you, when you can get Cam Newton for 13 <laughs> mil a year. Yeah. Same guy. A little bit older. A little bit older. A little bit, little bit more inconsistent with the passing ability right now. Sorry, I was, I was trying to remember that quote when uh, Cam Newton told or asked Lamar Jackson if he'd be growing his hair out too. And Lamar Jackson's quote was, no, I actually have to put my helmet on this year. Oh, 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 <laughs> it's just oh. solid. Oh, all right. 
Hey, I feel better. I feel better about the money that's going to him because if you're going to get burns like that, I I can I can those burns that. are worth forty million. Yeah, here. could be an How extra. How do you guys mill. feel about Caleb Farley? Caleb Farley falling down draft boards. I love Caleb Farley. Just got cleared. I don't love him for the cleared. Ravens at all. No, they don't need him. Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. They have Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. They need nothing to do with corner right okay, now. Okay, then one Safe. of them gets hurt. You're, you're not taking Caleb Farley, who at one point, and for me, is still the number one cornerback in this class. You're not taking him to have him ride pine for – I think Marlon Humphrey's got at least one year left on his deal. I'm not letting that guy ride pine. If anything, if he's still available and people feel comfortable, that's perfect trade back spot for me. Bingo. I mean, and you're saying you want depth, Adam. They have Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young still on the team as well. Yeah. And they're both pretty solid when they're not hurt. But, I mean, they've got four decent corners on their team. What do you think? Two really good corners and then two decent corners to come in with. What do you think if Trayvon Morick's still on the board? Safety is another (sighs) goal for him. They absolutely do need a safety. Um, Yeah, he's more of a strong safety but they need a free safety. Either way, I mean, I think it'd be a steal. Um, he'd be a, you know, pick and just plug and play. They'd take him, start him the next week. I mean, he's he's a very talented player, and he should still be there that late in the first. I don't see why he wouldn't be. I've seen some rumblings that he could go to the Jags at 25. I mean, I don't think he goes to the Jags at 25. What about defensive line? They desperately need deep interior defensive line, too. They signed Derek Wolf. Older guy. Older guy. You know, add him to the list. Um, what about Barmore? Barmore late in the first. He's around. I could see that. I mean, it would fit well with – I mean – Putting him next to Calais Campbell, Whew. yeah, be a great mentor. It's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of man right next to each I other. I mean, they've got Brandon Williams still too. Yeah, no, I could see that. Or you know, if they do a trade back, you know, possibly a Levi Ozarike as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't who did they pick? A couple was it last year? Uh, Matabuke. Justin Matabuki, right? Yeah. Picked him in like the third. Where's he at? I mean, he's not doing anything yet, is he? Mm, not much. I was going to say they had high hopes for him. He was used to be, you know, talked about quite a bit in the draft and fell pretty hard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they definitely need to vamp that defensive line either way. I think the so. defense, obviously, we got to protect – Lamar, but I think the defense with it being an aging roster, that's where you're probably going to need to put a majority of your draft capital this year is to helping improve that defensive unit. Yeah, yeah I just, agree. Justin Matabuke last year, he had 11 tackles and one sack. Killing it. Um, back to where I started first, I'm thinking they do everything in their power to 
trade Orlando Brown. Trade him. I guess the Chiefs are looking. They don't have any money to pay them, obviously, but, you know, get what you can out of him while he's wanting out before he holds out. You know, he he is a good tackle. They're going to get something for him. I say you trade that, get those draft picks, rack them all up, and start revamping that entire defense. All right, uh, throwing this out there to you guys for a for a later draft pick. How would you feel about a guy like Trey Hill, center slash guard for Georgia? I, I they love did him. Have a I love him in round five. For for my for my breakdown of round five earlier, dirty. Oh, sorry. I guess I wasn't really paying attention. Love him. Sorry about that. No, but I was I was just looking about. I I seen a thing brought up that they were thinking about moving Bozeman to center, uh, which was his original position. They were thinking about moving him to center, but just having those guys who can be shifted around the offensive line a little bit, I think would probably be a good idea for them. So. Raddens, Tug saying Raddens would be a good one as well. You might you might have to pick him up though in the second. I don't think he's going to be around uh, late third. Yeah, and then I mean, uh, Brandon James is out there too. It's going to be late. He's another good tackle from Nebraska, which wouldn't be a bad one. Quinn Muir. Miners, Quinn Miners, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. That's a guy they could play pretty much wherever they want to on that line. Big showing at his at the uh, Senior Bowl. Had himself a day. That's someone they could target in the second. Or, like we've been speaking about this whole time, trade back a little bit and take him early second. Yep. He's going to be that guy that can fill in just about anywhere you want on that line. You need a center, you need a left guard, or even if you absolutely had to, have him take Orlando Brown's spot on the right tackle. So that's got to that's gotta be, I think, uh, an area of NFL football that's going to be changing a little bit as far as what used to be and what is now. I think it's going to be you're now going to want guys that can be interchangeable a little bit more on the O-line. Because for a long time, it was like, oh, this guy only plays right tackle. This guy only plays center. Like, I think with with how things are and, like, how, I mean, those guys are just banging it out and they do get hurt and they do get banged up. Like, you want to be able to have guys that can play the left side, the right side. They can play guard or tackle. They can be a, a guy who can pull. They're not just going to be a guy who can play just that one position on the offensive line. I think you're going to be finding more guys who are interchangeable. And that's what I think you're going to want a little bit more in the future of the offensive line that you're going to be building. Yeah. I think that really boils down to the question of, do you want a Jack of all trades or do you want a master of one? Do you want a guy that, can go in you know what you're getting with him at left guard or you want him to be an okay left guard and an okay you know center 
type of thing or do you want him to be a really good left guard it's it's kind of one of those things you know here being in seattle with a lot of the experiments that tom cable did where he wanted to make sure that he had so many people that could play so many different positions where it just seemed like some of those guys never own the craft on one thing i mean justin Britt is the prime example started his career at right guard moved out to right tackle then finally found a home at right center in his third year right before he got paid so it was like three years three different starting positions uh, i want a guy that i know i can plug and play but especially if you're looking for depth pieces hell yeah i want i want position versatility but if i'm looking for someone to come in and start i want them to be the best at their craft so uh just a little side thing on that so the jack of all trades thing it's something people throw around but the original quote for that is a jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one so i mean that's the full saying of it so you want i mean you want those versatile guys i think and i think that's the way the nfl is going that's why you have a lot of these you know flyer guys who can play you know they're running backs and they can also play receiver they you know you got your you got your hill down in uh down for the saints like he can play quarterback he can do this he can do that like you want you want those guys who you can move around a little bit because it it makes the other team have to figure more things out like they can't make a game plan for somebody who can do a lot of different things which is why Lamar's been good for them. I mean, as long as he can keep rolling and keep getting those first downs with the legs, they're going to be in a good spot. I'm just hoping that he can take the progression as a passer to be a little bit more consistently, more consistent over the future, just because it seems like he's, he's very good at hitting guys when they're wide open. If there's a tight window more often than not, he's overthrowing him, putting it in a bad spot. I would like to see that progression going into year four of him as that starting quarter or year year three of being the starter, but year four in the league. But but that's also why he's going to get the bag. Like he's gonna make bank because I mean they they realize how often quarterbacks i mean especially this last season like just quarterbacks being tossed around and being traded and stuff they see what they have they've got an mvp they've got a guy who for two seasons ran for over a thousand yards they've got a guy i mean what's his qb rating it's like close to 100 it's like upper 90s and that's solid for a young quarterback i mean and yeah he's been in the year he's been in the league for four years so he's not super young well, what I would like to see. So on his on his winning seasons, he's he's got to be pushing 100. What, what I would on like to playoff. see next year is him not be the leading rusher on the team, though. Let let. Yeah, JK they Dobbins definitely need eat. that. Give it to JK. Or Gus or, or the Gus bus. All right. Uh, I think uh, 
these guys are pretty much tapped out of what they got to say about the Ravens. I don't got anything else to say about them. Um, they just got to make that next level. They're they're trying to do it, do big things. I still have a little bit of hatred towards the Ravens just because they beat my Niners in the in the Brother Bowl back in the day when the Harbaugh's were playing against each other. Um, still, we'll uh, we'll see what they do next season and see if they can make that next level because they are. They are in a tough division. There's a couple of divisions. We've talked about NFC West. Now we're talking about their division. And they are a stacked division. Bengals are going to get healthy again. They've got perhaps their new franchise quarterback in Burrow. They got the Browns that they're coming together in their own. Steelers are kind of on on a little downward slope because they're getting a little older. They're uh, still sticking with Big Ben, but I mean... Just that franchise, the Steelers franchise, they're always going to be competitive. Um, and now that the Ravens are in there, too. That's going to be a tough division. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out with those guys having to play each other twice a year. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our, for our Ravens episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, I'm Adam Dirty. Got Big Tug and Coach Red giving you the real deal, giving you that GM fixed your franchise information that you've always been hoping for. And we just appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Uh, thank you. We love y'all and we'll see you again next time. Peace. <laughs>